Welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Boy, we got a good one today, I think, don't we? Yeah, we do. Oh, good. So in my 20s, I read a book that totally changed my life. It's called The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. One of the lines in there, he said that, and this just resonated with me because I'm like, this is so true. He said, problems do not disappear. They must be confronted and dealt with or for the, they forever become an impediment to your personal growth. And I remember reading that to you and you looked at me and you go, I don't know. I think you can run from most of your problems. And you I was know. like, that's a horrible <laughs> philosophy, dad. But yet it's <laughs> kind of worked for you. I guess I run faster than you. <laughs> so I want to talk about, should you run from some problems yeah. in life? Yeah. Well, you know, that same book, I think like the first line is life is suffering. You it's, know? Difficult. it's difficult. Life is difficult. Okay, yeah. Yes. I remember when you talked about oh, that book, I thought, oh, I'll go get a copy. If I read it, I thought, this stinks, man. This is so depressing. I don't like this book at all. It's Ecclesiastes, man. Welcome to the world. <laughs> I, yeah. And just a few years ago, I thought I was in like one of those little boxes outside where you can pick up a free book. And there was one of them sitting there, you know, the road less traveled. You know, that's one of the, they when they do surveys, the top influential books in the world, that's like number three or four behind the Bible. And is that like, right? And the, uh, and the, uh, yeah. And the Analects and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, I just don't recommend it to any of our listeners. You know, he, <laughs> everybody should read it. I try and read it every January. <laughs> But uh, Well, I picked it up out of that little box and again, I read the first line and go, no wonder I didn't like this book. Now I remember life is difficult. I go, but, but he talks about that, how we, we are, the, the, the psychological, pathological thing we, most of us do when we see a problem is we freeze up or we run away. Mm -hmm. And those, neither of those are good responses. Well, I don't know. I, I kinda, but yet the Bible says to flee certain things. Yeah. I mean, the freeze up, I kind of like, because I found there's really no problem that you just ignore it long enough. It won't go away. Yeah, except do you remember our little rabbit? We used to raise rabbits and we had a white white rabbit that, that literally died freezing up when it saw a Rottweiler. A Rottweiler ran around the corner, started barking at our white rabbit and literally the white rabbit froze and the next thing we know, it's like popped over dead. Yeah, he just fell over dead. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's true. He could he could have run away if he did. <laughs> okay. So the point is, I do believe, you know, that what's that old saying? You can't run away from your problems. And I go, there are some you can run away from if the problem's not you. What that's saying is, if the problem is internal, wherever you go, there you are and the same problem's there. But I've been in situations where just getting out of the situation helped me tremendously. You've probably been there too. And I remember we were, we were in a situation where it was a real, mm. well, I'll just use the example. We'll just come out and talk about it. Our first church, we were pioneering a church, you know, and it was a- Right here in Kerrville. Right here in Kerrville. And uh, it was, uh, I, I'm convinced that when you start a new church, everybody in town who knows how to run a church will come and help you tell you how to do it, you know? All the people that hated the other churches yeah. in town are like- they, They've either been run out of every other church or they've, uh, they just weren't satisfied anywhere because nobody was doing it right. And so they kind of all gathered. So you got this whole congregation of people that- uh, nobody else wanted really, I guess, you know, but you're grateful for them. And uh, so we were there for four years and, uh, and it was a struggle. It was a struggle in all ways. And, and it was a financially tough time for us, but as far as for the Texas as well. So it was just a really rugged time all the way around. We went on the mission field four years later. Oh, it was such a relief. I found out you can run away from your problems. Okay. But here's the, the here's something you said earlier is if it's not, if it's not your problem, that really was a problem that was thrust upon you by someone who had gotten in way over their head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I need. I mean, I needed to be there too. I mean, it's, I, I know the Lord had us there for a time to prepare us because it prepared us for the mission field. So that that reminds me of a book I read called "Barking Up the Wrong Tree." Great book by Eric Barker, <laughs> and he talks about how most of the stuff we've been taught about success is wrong. 
And one of the things he talks about is he's like, we're taught about grit. If you just push through, just push through just a little bit further than when you think you push through, you'll hit success. And he's like, no, no, not usually. He's like, oftentimes you just end up killing yourself. He's like, sometimes you just need to abandon what you're doing and go, this is not the battle I need to be fighting and figure out something that works better for you. And he's like, and most people you see with their success, they bump into something that didn't work, bump into something that didn't work and then leave it and then go find the actual thing that worked third or fourth time. He said, but we think if you just push through hard enough at anything, yeah, you'll succeed. But oftentimes you need to run from certain things that you're doing because you're like, this is just, not, just working. not working. And I've yeah. tried it and beat my head against the wall enough that there's enough blood flowing down my forehead yeah. that oh, this isn't the wall I need to go through. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of a balance there with persistence because, you know, the easy thing, you know, it's not always going to be easy and sometimes you do need persistence. But it kind of reminds me of what, uh, is it Malcolm Gladwell talks about how you might be able to improve yourself a little bit, but don't work on your strengths. Work Marcus on your, Buckingham. Yeah, Buckingham. Buckingham, okay. yeah. Don't work on your weaknesses, work on your strengths because if it's a weak area, if you're a four in something, you might bring yourself up to a six, but you're still average. Whereas if you're a six in something, you work on it, you bring yourself up to an eight or nine, you're then above average in that area. So work on your areas. And I thought that makes such good sense. You know, we're often told, well, this is an area I'm weak in, so I need to work on that. Yeah, but you're never going to probably be really good. Like with me with math, you know. Right. I'm probably never going to be really good with math. So why would I go into accounting, you know, uh, find the things you do well and, and just focus on those and strengthen your areas of strength already. And we would look at it from a Christian perspective. Look, this is a gift God has given you. Use that gift and work within the gift he's given you instead of trying to figure out the areas that he didn't gift you and then find those who are gifted in that area to come alongside you and help and work together as a team in that way. So that's, again, the body of Christ. It's like if my thumb tried to be the ear. Well, yeah. it's never going to really be able to hear very well. So, I mean, that's a good point. So say you're you're working at a job and you feel called to that to that job, but it's just horrible and miserable. Is running from that running from a call? I can't imagine that it would be miserable if it's really a call of God on no, your life. Okay, okay. I mean, if there's a, I just call. think about a lot of pastors that they're just miserable. They're at a point where they're just like, I'm just miserable. I'm like, well, maybe you need to stop doing this. Well, you know, I do remember. It's funny because yeah, that brings back. We were, when we were in this time of- pa- Pastors are an exception in that area. You yeah, let's be, talk about- You can be called and be pastors. miserable. <laughs> exactly. Right. In fact, that's part of your calling that's is to right. be miserable. Yeah, I remember seeing a cartoon of this guy on a bus, a grumpy old guy on a bus, and the, somebody obviously had asked him a question. He answered, he says, no, I'm not a pastor. I've just been sick lately. <laughs> so the point is, I remember when we were here pastoring and struggling through these four years and we went to this uh, marriage counseling thing on church sponsored, you know? And uh, so we thought, wow, we're, we're really struggling on our marriage. Cause a lot of it was just, we had financial pressures. We had, you name it, we were pressured in that area. And so it was hurting our marriage, you know, and struggling in our marriage. So we went to this marriage thing. They had chance. If you'd like to talk to the lead pastors at, or lead teachers afterwards, they'll set up a private council. So we sat and, and we just kind of started pouring out our hearts, you know, about, um, um, the struggles in the ministry and stuff. And they looked at us and says, well, is it possible you're not even called to ministry? <laughs> I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Yeah, I probably just wasted the last 14 years of my life, you know, because the first 10 were awesome as an associate pastor on a church staff, you know, and now I've been in four years of struggle. And I realized, well, that's not it. You yeah. Know? It's not it. And so, yeah, it was, it really was. Again, 
you can run from your problems if the problem is not you. And it wasn't. It was in a very difficult situation. And it wasn't like we should even run from it. We needed to stay there for the period of time. Yeah. And we were in a difficult time, but God was shaping us. God was forming us. And really, when we left, things had kind of smoothed out. Oh, there were still all the problems and stuff and all the financial pressures, but they weren't affecting us as much. And that's when the Lord said, now I have you to move on. There is something interesting there because I was talking to a, a guy recently, I've known this guy for a long time and he's in kind of this role and he's just, he feels burnout and tired and he got offered this other role. And it was a really, it seemed really good on the service. He went and interviewed, he was got basically got offered the job. But as he prayed about it, he felt like, nope, I'm not supposed to take this new, better job. And he's like, but man, I feel way better now because he's like, I know yeah. I have an option. Yeah, that helps. He's like, I could have run from my problem, yeah. but now I'm voluntarily submitting myself to my problem. And I was like, wow, that's kind of a gift that God gave you. That's like, here, you, here's a door if you want to take it. But he decided to stay, but what a relief it was to him. And I've had that sometimes for me. I'm like feeling a little bit trapped. And then somebody's like, hey, you want to come do this? And you're like, no, I don't. But just knowing that I have that option, yeah, man, I could run from my problem if I wanted to, but it makes me a little, maybe it makes you feel a little more heroic. Like I'm going to take the, the sacrifice for- I think uh, it makes you feel a little less trapped. Or maybe more, more meaning too. Yeah. I've voluntarily chosen this path yeah. when I could have taken an easier road that seemed like an easier road. Yeah. But yeah. 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 I think it, 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 it removes the, the trapped sense from you. So, so if you are feeling like maybe running from a problem, maybe what you need to do is- Go explore some other options. Is that is that unwise counsel? I, I can check into it and see. I think I think there's certain personality types that need to know there's options out there yeah. just to keep themselves and, sane. And then you may find out there are no options, and this is the only thing you can do. Well, I'll tell you, like I had an op, I had a tremendous opportunity come for me a few years back. Remember, I interviewed with this national organization, and mm -hmm. I mean, I was like one of the finalists for it. it as me and this other guy. And as I got into the interview with it, I'm like oh, I do not want this job. Mm -hmm. This would be miserable and oppressive and it would have made me nationally known. You know, like they were going to like, we're going to take your name to this marquees all over the country or whatever. But I got into it, I'm like, oh, I do not. But that was so liberating to know, oh, I could run from what I'm currently doing mm -hmm. to something else, but that maybe the grass isn't necessarily greener on the other side of the fence. And I think that's one of the big keys is, is the grass always greener on the other side of the fence? And you don't know until you get to the other side of the fence. And then you're yeah. like, oh, hold up. That's the same grass. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it can be deceptive sometimes. Yeah. So you think you're running from your problem, but you're actually running to just as much problems, if not more. Yeah, or you may change problems. And yeah. so now all of a sudden, I'm a big name, but my goodness, my time is tied up from, you know, every 15-minute segment from 6 in the morning till 6 at night. And they own everything about me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a big name now, but now I have another problem. Yeah. You know, so, so there's always what choose your, choose your pain, I guess is yeah. what they say. And you don't which, know what the pain which, is remember, to get into life it is pain, dad. Life, life is, is suffering. Pain. So life choose your pain. <laughs> <laughs> it all comes back to life is pain. Uh, well, only if you choose for it to be, yes, you know, yeah. I love that there was a book written by a woman, I think Barbara something or others years ago, she's passed away now, but she, it was called, um, uh, pain, uh, Pain is something or other, but misery is optional. Oh, that was Barbara Pain H is, Henderson. She's the one that put a feather in your hat and make yeah, put yeah. a geranium in your hat and smile. Yeah. Hat and smile. Pain is inevitable, but misery is optional. Yeah. You know, so yeah, it's gonna hurt, but you decide what, how you're gonna respond to it, you know. So the Bible does talk about fleeing from sin and temptation. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the resist the devil. Right. So unpack that a little bit. All right. Well, um, what it's saying is 
one is a spiritual thing and one is your own character and nature within you. And so every time it says to flee, it's talking about like flee immoral uh, immorality. Mm -hmm. That's a temptation that I have within me. The devil is you resist him. First of all, you can't flee from him. Right, he's going to chase you down. Yeah, he's got feet. Each up, you know. Yeah, Maybe. I guess the devil has legs. Paws. He's, he's got he's wings. A roaring lion. He's got you know? wings. He's a he's yeah. an angel, right? Yeah, he just uh, hoofs. That's it, hoofs. He's half goat or something. Anyway, so you resist the devil, but you. What does that look like in your mind? Well, let's go to the flea immorality oh, first of all, because okay. it says flee youthful lusts and then flee the love of money, and so those are things that are within you. And so, in other words, like like the alcoholic who says, "Well, okay, I'm an alcoholic, but I'm I'm set free from alcohol." So to prove that, I'm going to start a bar ministry. I'm going to go into bars and yeah. and witness to people in bars because I can understand where they're coming from. No, 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 no. You flee that kind of thing because you you're just you you're tempting the Lord if you're trying to get back. So into you that. run from your weaknesses in that case, right? Yeah, flee. Youthful lust, flee the love of money are the two things it talks about it's specifically. Not even weaknesses. It's flee from what you have a propensity your old nature, to, your yeah. carnal nature, your yeah. carnal nature. Now, in the devil, it's when you know he's resist. You, you're, yeah, that might be something he's bringing upon a fear or whatever. You lies you feel like you're believing like about yourself. Yeah, yeah. and just stand yeah. true on those, and you just take the word of God and you apply the truth of the word. Because again, you really can't flee him. I mean, you know, he's he can chase you down or whatever. But I, most of our problems, I don't think most of our problems are the devil. I think you know, I've kind of put it this way. I realized years ago that. The devil could die tomorrow, and it'd probably be months before I'd even notice it. Yeah, most of the stuff I struggle with is within me. It's stuff that's already been planted in your head. It's my own or, nature. Yeah, yeah my yeah. stupid thoughts, my the old lusts of the flesh type of thing, pride of life, those things. You know, the three things. So, how do you know if uh, if 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 something is the devil, or if it's a temptation that you need to flee, or if it's God, or if it's because sometimes, it's, yeah, that's a tough one. Like, uh, you need to move to Africa. Oh, I resist that devil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that was actually God calling you to move to Africa. <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's some prophet laying his hand on you and telling you to move to Africa, you better get two or three confirmations yeah, yeah, and all yeah. that. Let every word be established in the, in the mouth of two or three. Um, it's hard to tell sometimes, you know, because I think sometimes I want to uh, rebuke the the thing that God's bringing on me to. Um, to shape me and conform me. Yeah, and say, sometimes we rebuke a sickness, but like there's stories in the Bible where it's like, they said, well, who who sinned that this sickness is on this kid? He's like, nobody sinned. Nobody. So that the glory of God could be revealed. Like, whoa, hold up. Yeah. Uh, so we, should we have been praying against that sickness? Jesus ultimately healed him, but that's real tricky. That is. And I'm not sure there's a, there's no pat answer. You know, you're not going to flip a coin and figure it out or you're not going to be able to say, well, every time it's this, every time it's that, because- yeah. Again, God is God is so three-dimensional or multi-dimensional, maybe even beyond three. We don't even know three is all we can comprehend. Um, so he he can be working things. But I, I would go this way. Um, you know, you can move into it trusting that if if it's trusting that God wants the best for you, yeah, I'm going to stand against the, you know, I'm not just going to accept, for, uh, I don't know, what do you want to pick? A difficulty that's come upon you, uh, an obstacle so or something. So you, you've just been diagnosed with a lifelong illness. Okay. All right, so I'm going to move into that with, okay, God, I want you to be, I'm going to read what the word says. I, I pray that you'd be in health and prosper, be in health and yeah. prosper as your soul prospers. So, okay, so I'm going to do some things to cause my soul to prosper. I'm going to stay in the word. I'm going to begin believing and begin praying for health and for healing. 
And, uh, but trusting that if, you know, it's kind of like the, the three Hebrew children there. You know, uh, who's going to deliver you from my hand, said Nebuchadnezzar. I'm going to throw you in the fire. And he says, you know, the Lord, our God can deliver us. Right. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow. Where they had an option, they could have run from that problem, probably. Yeah, I suppose they could have not shown up for the gathering and then three spots they'd attract him. Yeah, down, like, that, yeah. Daniel didn't show up. He wasn't there, apparently. Yeah, where was Daniel? I don't know. He somehow like, got out of there. That's not my battle to fight. I'm running from that problem. Yeah. <laughs> probably having tacos somewhere. It's like, oh, sorry, I had a meeting that time. Yes. <laughs> right. Can't make it, Nib. Yeah. Going to be gone. But the point is, it was a matter, I'm going to go into this with, okay, God can deliver me. And if yeah. he does, awesome, wonderful, praise the Lord. If he doesn't, yeah. okay, then God, you're going to work it out for your good, that eternal perspective. That's resisting the devil. I think it is, yeah. Okay. And not not just letting your mind run free. I think that's a lot of it too, you know, because you can flee the youthful lust. You know, you can stay out of the massage parlor or you can stay out of the bar or whatever, but <laughs> the problem's in the mind. Yeah. You remember that one time it says, if your right hand defend thee, cut it off. And I thought, well, I'm cutting my right hand off. That doesn't help because it's all in my mind. I'd have to cut my head off yeah. to really deal anything, you know. so That you, would you, solve it. That was that was not <laughs> literal. I'm pretty sure you didn't mean cut your head off because really that's the only way you're going to solve it. Yeah. Whatever the true. problem is. And so the deal is in the resisting the devil, so you can stay away from those places, that's fleeing the youthful lust, but then you don't allow the horses to run wild in your mind either. So in the case of you just got this diagnosis and they say, well, you're probably going to die. And you start, the enemy would come in and be like, you're going to die. And mm-hmm. he would use that to bring you into a place of despair, or depression. That's what you resist. You resist those. Yeah. Those- by saying, wow, that's what I've been living for. Yeah. That's my whole purpose in life is to get there. So if I die, I die. But then do you, do you, and then I guess you flee the, the doubt. You don't allow the fear. Yeah. You don't, you just, you know, and again, the only way I don't do that is again, you take the scripture and you just continue soak your mind in scripture instead of soaking your mind in those doubts. Because again, it's what you, what you feed on is what's going to produce. It's it's the old story of a, you know, how can I, how can you have a poodle that would defeat a pit bull in a dog match? Well, you don't feed the pit bull for 30 days and then you feed the poodle. And whichever one's the strong, the old Indian story, yeah, yeah, you know, whichever, the strongest one. yeah, which two, two dogs that fight, which one wins the one that I feed the most. And so you feed your mind on the word to where you're beginning to believe. And even if God doesn't heal you, then you're going to go through this with victory. And okay, God, in this situation, you begin to look at the positives of it in this situation. All right. It's going to give me an opportunity of ministry. Oh, it's going to be tough. It's going to really be hard for maybe 20 years, maybe 30 years, maybe 50 years. Of course, it's... <laughs> If you live much longer than that, it wasn't that bad of a disease, right? You're, uh, you're going to... You've uh, outlived, yeah. But that, that a ministry here on earth, you know, that you can then have. And so you just have to look at the, what is God, how is God at work in this thing? You don't want to just say, well, think positive, think positive. But really that kind of what it is. So is, is thinking positive when everything around you is negative running from reality? Is that running from your problems? And I don't think, I think it's facing a higher reality, the higher reality is that God's at work in this thing and God loves me and God is God knows what he's doing in my life, even though I may not have the foggiest idea of what he's doing because I'm seeing through a glass darkly. But God knows what he's doing. And when I, as I said earlier, you know, if if it all falls apart, if you trust God and never doubt, and and then when you get to heaven you find out he really messed up with you, mm. then you can tell him, then you'll have all eternity to gripe right. and complain. But in the meantime, why not trust him? So Back to the should you run from some problems. There are some things you should flee. You should flee, flee temptation. Um, you, have, you resist the devil in his lies and what he's saying, you combat them with truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but should you take every bull by the horns, I guess is the question. Well, no. You, you, know, the old, you take every bull by the horn, you're getting pretty bloody. 
But here's here's the difference in this, and it goes back to that situation where I said where we fled and it was great. You know, when yeah. we left there, we didn't flee. We left when the Lord said it's time to go. Yeah. So stay in the battle. Stay in the struggle. Stay in there. If you have a choice to leave, don't leave until you feel like the Lord has said, because otherwise you're just going to have to go around that bush again because he's working things in you that are going to prepare you for the next stage. Everything that we're going through here in this life is preparing us for the next stage, whether that's the next stage in this life or the next stage in eternity. It's all the old saying, we are training for reigning. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 